Welcome to We Got Goals, a podcast by AsWhatLife.com, where we talk to high achievers about their goals. Today with me, I have JL Lewis. JL, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. Well, we just met yesterday, but you are a big friend of Cindy Kuzma, who uh, was a longtime host of We Got Goals, big friend of A Sweat Life, and you came highly recommended. So tell us about yourself. Oh gosh, where should I start? Um, so I'm 5'5". Five five. I No, I'm just I'm not going to start there. Um, my name is J.L. Lewis, and I hail from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, I've spent some time here, but I've lived in D.C., I've lived in Germany, and now I'm back in Philly. Um, I'm planning to go bi-coastal in 2020 or 2021 if we are allowed to travel. TBD. Um, but I am a fitness and business coach. So I work with uh, personal training clients one-on-one in addition to working with other fitness professionals on how to monetize their brand, scale their brand, and build a profitable online business. Um, that's me in a nutshell. I've been in the fitness industry for over a decade, which is crazy. I have a degree in exercise science and nutrition, and I built my own business. I've been a part of building other multi-million dollar health and wellness businesses. And uh, I have a true passion for health, wellness, and fitness. That's a great primer. Um, talk, to me about, <laughs> talk to me about the other businesses you've helped to build. Yes. So I um, have worked with other fitness businesses or wellness businesses to kind of scale their business. So kind of in a consulting capacity. Um, The most recent business that I worked with was a private lifestyle club. So similar to Soho House, um, we had two restaurants, three bars, a 25,000 square foot health and wellness space. So I um, joined the team before we even started construction on the building. And I was able to you know, be a part of literally building something from the ground up because we didn't have walls. So I was a part of the, you know, the blueprint process, the equipment uh, selection process, the hiring and the training of all of our staff, the implementation of our programs and offerings, um, what the curriculum looked like for those programs and offerings, our personal training, group exercise, um, aquatics department, and all of that fun stuff and our community. So developing that community and yeah. And what made you passionate about helping um, fitness professionals with their businesses? What brought you to that? So I graduated in 2007 with a degree in exercise science and nutrition. And I kind of came out of college not knowing anyone that had a successful career within the health, wellness, fitness space, unless they were a trainer um, or they worked with an athletic team. Um, or they were a physical education teacher. And I didn't see myself going in that direction. And as I progressed in my own career and fitness continued to hit me in the face time and time again, when I was like, this isn't for me, this isn't for me, this isn't for me, you know, there was a different set of plans for me. And I was successful by way of failure. So... It wasn't something that I sought out to do, but I knew that I had a passion for movement. Um, And that kind of transpired in my business. It transpired in my relationships and it transpired in helping other businesses. So 
you know, movement is how we use our body to move, but that's also kind of how I like to look at life as a constant evolution and a constant movement. Um, so yeah, just kind of, you know, using my own story and getting really, really raw and authentic with how I got into the fitness industry and how I was able to be successful within it. I realized there's so many other people that just need to understand and have that support that they too can be successful. They just need to have a blueprint to follow because it wasn't always there and it didn't always exist, but it, it is here now, my friends. Successful by way of failure is probably yes. my, my favorite phrase I've ever heard someone say. It's kind of like, you know, men, you just fail up. Um, yes. Male listeners, I'm so, I'm sorry, but I stand by it. I stand by it. Uh, JL, tell me tell me what you mean by that. I love that yes, phrase. Yes. So earlier on in right after I graduated college, I got into you know I was trying to appease my parents. So I was like, I I need a job. You know, like this is real life. I can do this. And I had no idea what I was doing. I got into sales. I applied for probably hundreds of jobs. I think I actually accidentally applied for a job in like Southeast Asia. And I didn't even realize how I did that or why I did that. I didn't get the job. Um, and I worked for, I ended up working for a gutter protection company. No joke. As, as one and, does. Yes, as one does. And I told my parents and they were like, hmm, okay, well, um, you have a job. And I was like, I do. And I was actually excited about it. But something that I took from that was that I loved connecting with people. I loved the um, ability to meet different people from all walks of life and <laughs> to sell them cutters. Um, but mm -hmm, yep. So from there, I actually went on, this was right after college. I went on a road trip to Boston with my girlfriends. We ended up meeting a group of guys that were in the United States Air Force and, you know, young girls, bopping around at a bar. Um, I ended up meeting my husband that night. I didn't mm. know he was going to be my husband, but I ended up meeting him that night. Um, he was stationed in Maryland and DC. And so long story short, after a couple of years, I ended up moving there. We got engaged, we got married, we moved to Germany. Um, and I had this idea and this mindset of, okay, I am to get a job. I am to be a wife, I am to be supportive, and I am to, you know, just kind of work with what, work with what life hands me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, truth be told, that was a really difficult time, picking up, moving to Germany, not having a support system, not having any sort of identity within myself, because military, if you're not familiar with it, they station you somewhere else, that person who is in the military gets to pick up and they have built-in work, they have built-in relationships with people and they just kind of go. And so, you know, I was kind of left sitting there being like, okay, now what? I don't speak German and I, I mean, I guess I'll just drive on the Autobahn every day. So, you know, we ended up, well, he ended up deciding that it was time for a divorce. So I had picked up my life, I had moved over to Germany, and I'll never forget, I came home from the gym one day, I had recently gotten a new certification for personal training, and I came home from the gym that day, and he was sitting on the couch, and he looked at me, and he said, you know, I think I want a divorce. And I was like, what? 
I was not ready for this. And just shocked. I said, okay. Like I just said like, oh, okay. And it took me a while to process it. And I kind of just decided I was going to stay in Germany and figure out my life. I think I was still so shocked for, for a while. He ended up moving out. So I was left in our home in Germany. We didn't live on base. So we were living in a village. Uh, it's, that's like a town, basically, what they call it in Germany. We were living in a village. I had German neighbors. They spoke German. I was driving a stick shift. Like, it was just crazy. But I got a call from someone that I had never spoken to. And she said, hi, my name is Maya. Um, my name is Maya Smith. I own a business here. My husband is in the military. I need a personal trainer. And someone told me that you are a personal trainer I am looking to train three times a week and we get started on Monday. Mind you, I think it was like Saturday. And mm -hmm. autopilot, my mind just went to, yes, I had no prices. Like I didn't know what gym we were going to train out of. I didn't know her, like physical history, like nothing. I just said yes. And so sometimes that is just the beauty of just not knowing and your mind taking over. So I said yes. And I met with her and we started training. And that was... That was not an aha moment. That was just a, oh crap moment. I don't know what I'm doing, but mm -hmm. I'm going to figure this out. And so long story short, I ended up staying in Germany for about a year and a half on my own. Um, my ex-husband and I did not reconcile. Um, and I knew that it was time for me to make the decision to either stay in Germany and figure out my life there on completely on my own or to come back to the States and rebuild. Mm -hmm. So... I just dove headfirst into training for the, the remainder of the time that I decided to stay in Germany. I continued to train and meet new people and meet amazing clients that were in the Air Force, that were in the Marines, that were um, stationed in Dubai, that were stationed in Afghanistan. And it, it taught me resiliency. And it taught me the power of saying yes to an opportunity that you didn't even necessarily see as an opportunity to begin. So by the time I left Germany, I had a waiting list and I was like, damn, I can do this. Like I can do this. If I can train the United States air force, if I can train the military, like with insane schedules and all over the world, like I can do this, but I had to come back to the States and figure out how to rebuild for myself because you can't really take those clients with you. Mm -hmm. You can't really take them with you. And you know, at the time there was, now everyone has Zoom, but what did we have back then? Skype. So oh, yeah. I did a couple of like Skype sessions. I had like spreadsheets. It was not as seamless as training online is or can be right now. And so I kept them as online clients and I did the best that I could, but it's just, I, in my opinion, at that time, I failed in my marriage. I failed in my responsibilities as an adult, as someone that is supposed, is supposed to have this job, um, is supposed to live this life, is supposed to be um, a wife and a spouse. In my mind at the time, I failed at that. And, but out of that, I got the gift of building a business, building an accidental business and seeing my worth and my value and that through, through my story, I was able to help others. And I knew that I wanted to recreate that back in the States. Dang. <laughs> what a story. Um, yes. Let's take a break for a dose of we got therapy. Um, 
let me ask you a question. Have you, I mean, like, have you, have you worked through those feelings of failure now? Like, are you feeling better about that? Cause oh, yeah. you're not a failure. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. I mean, totally. So, you know, when I came back to the States, it was a very humbling experience because I moved back in with my parents. I hadn't lived with my parents since before college. I didn't really know people in Philadelphia because I hadn't been here in close to seven years. Um, and so I was like, oh gosh, what do I do? I'm living back with my parents, sleeping on a twin bed, don't have many connections, like what now? And so, you know, my mom recommended getting a therapist or finding a therapist. And at first I was like, absolutely not. And then I was like, you know what? I need help. And, you know, it's, it's, it's funny because the, the parallels between personal training and a therapist, it's, it's a coach, you know, at the end of the day, it is a support system and it's someone that helps you see things that you can't always see in yourself. So I invested in myself, I invested in a therapist and I still see her, I still mm -hmm. see her. Um, and that is one of the things that really helped me get through it and to understand that I don't have to live a life for everyone else, that my life is mine to live for myself and that Failure is really just something that, that you view. It's not necessarily something that, that is, and it's not something that can define you or has to define you. You can feel that way for a minute, but if you choose to look at things differently and shift your perspective, you're able to see that, okay, that's not necessarily how I planned for things to happen, but that is not a failure. Because through that, so many things have happened and it's a part of my story. It's a part of my journey. And I look back and I'm so thankful that I went through that. As my therapist puts it, yes. it's just a data point. It's just a data point. Um, I love that. I'm, I'm so grateful to you for sharing that that story, all the all the ins and outs of it. So what what does your what does your business, your work look like today? So today, gosh, um, today it looks a lot different, and I really am able to sit back and look at all of those things that we sometimes want to push away or the things that we don't want to accept because they didn't show up in that cute little blue Tiffany's box that we imagined it showing up as, um, as a part of my story and as a part of my wins. So things that often would feel like a failure, I'm just thankful that I was able to receive them and that life you know, didn't happen to me, it happened for me. So my business looks a lot different now. I. Um, I get to work from my living room and I train clients from literally all over the world. So I still work with one-on-one -on -one personal training clients, but clients that I've worked with for anywhere from three to five years consistently. Um, so I have clients in Italy, I have clients in Germany, I have clients in California, Portland, Chicago, you know, Philly. Um, so I work with clients on a, on a smaller capacity and then my fitness business coaching program is the fitness curriculum. Um, so that is my 12 week group coaching program for fitness professionals that are looking to monetize their brand and build a profitable online business. Um, so my days are, every day is a little bit different, um, but it's a lot of content creation, it's check-ins, we have weekly coaching calls. So I coach, I coach a lot. And the days where I'm not coaching, I work with a coach and I work with a therapist and I work with my support team so that I can show up as a true coach and give wholeheartedly. So I'm not pouring from an empty cup on a daily basis. And that's, let's just 
pull that out as a, as a nugget for everybody. Um, coaches need coaching too. <laughs> yes. Yes. And you know, the same reason that someone hires a personal trainer or the same reason someone needs accountability in a group exercise class is because one, they need accountability Two, they don't know everything. You know, we need to get out of that mindset or, you know, drop our, our ego. Ego is our biggest overhead that we think we can do it all. And we just constantly run up against roadblocks and barriers and, and hurdles. And yes, coaches need coaches. That's the, I mean, how else do we grow? How, how else do we continue to learn? Yeah. And I want to ask you a million questions, but I know I should get to the big questions of we got goals, but, yes. but we'll come back to one of my, That's, my little, uh, save it, save it up there, Gina. You've got it. Pin in it. Yeah. Uh, talk to me, JL. What is a big goal that you've set and achieved? Uh, why was it important to you? And you know, what else do we need to know about it? Sure. So do I have to pick just one? Ah, whatever. Okay. Let's do 1.5. Okay. Um, so, I mean, definitely the biggest goal was establishing myself back in the States. Um, because I do feel like I was able to establish myself in a smaller time frame in Germany, but kind of figuring out how to do that in America without any sort of blueprint or guidance. So the biggest accomplishment is knowing my worth. And I know that's not necessarily a monetary goal or like I wanted my business to get to X figure, but it's knowing my worth and knowing the impact that I am able to make. Um, so that is, that's point five. Um, and then, you know, the other one is, is truly creating the fitness curriculum out of all of my trials, tribulations, everything I've Googled, all of the money that I've invested in other coaches um, to be able to help other coaches, health, wellness, fitness professionals see that there is a different way, that they don't constantly have to trade time for money, that they can be successful, that they can um, live a life that they envisioned when they first got into the fitness industry. And I was able to bring that to life. You know, I was able to bring that curriculum and that course and that program to life and help others see that like, oh, this is a career. This isn't just a job. And I, I love, you mentioned something yesterday about the burnout rate of trainers. I've read something like six years is the average life, ex, life expectancy, job life expectancy of a trainer. Yeah. Uh, what are you doing to help them kind of get beyond working those first few years and burning out? Sure. So, I mean, burnout within our industry is so high um, for several reasons, but one of them being that we give so much of ourselves. So we are constantly quote unquote on. We are on when we're working with our clients. We are on when we're teaching. And that takes a lot of emotional energy and physical energy. And that's also sometimes where we get that energy from giving that gift. Um, so in the fitness curriculum, what I teach is that we almost reverse engineer it. So one of the modules that I teach is your systems for success. As fitness professionals, we don't love the back end. We don't love the scheduling. We don't love the budgeting. We don't love all of those things. But this is a career that should fit into your life 
it shouldn't be the other way around. So one of the foundations that we go over is really putting in your non-negotiables, putting in your time first so that you are able to be 100% and your tank isn't running on E so that you can help other people. Because within the industry, yes, our job is to help other people, but if we aren't helping ourselves first, how are we really showing up? I like that. It's, it's almost like the concept in money of pay yourself first. Yes. Um, but it's uh, invest in yourself first, you know, like invest exactly. time in yourself. Exactly. And, you know, that's just something I think oftentimes that the fitness industry misses. It's sometimes a miss when you get a certification. It's like, okay, let me get as many certifications as possible. But no one teaches you the business aspect of it or how to not burn out or not to have that fatigue or that it's okay to say, no, I can't sub that class or mm -hmm. no, I can't take on that additional client. Um, and that just comes from so many other things, scarcity mindset, um, what I call mad money that we just, you know, want to make as much money as possible. But if you're not doing it strategically, you're, you're not doing it. You're not doing yourself a service. You're doing yourself a disservice. So I got a coach this year, um, in 2020 was like the year of self-improvement and I got a coach this year and, and she, um, does all, it's funny because you sort of cover all of the mindset things that she's working on me with, um, working on with me. Um, and I, I hear it in you like the scarcity versus abundance, right? Uh, what, what did you learn any hard lessons when it came to that? How did you kind of get to this point? Yeah. So, I mean, I've definitely learned hard lessons. And, and that mindset, so we focus on building the body. We focus on the exterior when we need to focus on the interior. When you work on everything that goes on inside, it's a transaction. So that will then exude on the, on the exterior, that will come off as a different form or a different type of person. But if you don't start with the foundations in your systems initially, you're building your business, you're building your body. It doesn't matter whether it's business or fitness. Um, you're building it on quicksand and eventually mm -hmm. it will crumble. So if you don't have that foundation to continue to build upon that is strong enough to support that next tier or that next level that you're going to, you're going to go right back to your old habits. Mm -hmm. um, you know, this is something I dealt with in my divorce. This is something I dealt with when I was reestablishing my brand and my business when I came back to the States of, you know, you hold on to this thought process that you've had for so long of, oh crap, I don't know if I can do this. Oh crap, what if? And you just go to your worst case scenario of what if, and you live there and you allow your mind to live there. Um, and you don't allow your mind to see that there's a different way because you've just been wired that way. And we need to work on rewiring ourselves to learn that we have been living in a place of scarcity. We have, we, you know, we don't talk about abundance mindsets. We don't talk about mindsets. Sometimes it's a little too like fluffy and woo woo, but it's like, you got to do the work and people don't often do the work because it's the hard work. It is the very difficult, hard work and habit work that mm -hmm. changes things at the end of the day. So I'm, I want to know, I'm so interested to know, um, what, what a big goal is that you're setting for the future, um, and how you plan to get there. So talk to me, what's coming next. Yes. Um, so next will be the second course of the fitness curriculum. Um, we will start the week of September 14th, which is crazy because it's already August. Um, but we will start the week of September 14th and truly I want to be able to help 
more fitness professionals just see that there is a better way, a different way um, to build their business and to not feel like they are constantly burning the candle at both ends. Um, so I have an amazing group right now. I want to help more people. I want more people to just understand and be a part of that group um, and to show them the business side of things and, mm -hmm. and shift their mindset, shift their perspective and grow their brand and grow their business to a place that they never thought could be possible because it's so possible. Yeah. And so we're recording this on August 7th, um, in, in the day of our COVID. Um, yes. and, and I'm wondering like what, what has changed for you, for your business, for coaching, um, in this time, if anything. Yeah. So I mean, COVID gosh, we could have a whole <laughs> other podcast about COVID, but you know, within the fitness industry, so much has changed. So yeah. much has changed. I'll just entitle this chapter like pivot, you yeah. know, because <laughs> so many people were working with other companies. Um, maybe they were working for, you know, by themselves a little bit of the time mm -hmm. and they wanted to go out on their own. And, you know, the companies are great and they, they help them to get a name and get established and, and all of those things. But with COVID, a lot of those companies had to close their doors or they had to reduce capacity and, you know, trainers and instructors, they are some powerful, powerful people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just the ability to adapt and overcome and excel. So I just, I want people to know and, and understand that fitness is so much more accessible right now. And it doesn't matter where you are, people can still access you. So the opportunities are limitless. And, you know, a lot of people that are, that may be thinking fitness professionals from a scarcity mindset of how am I going to do this? Am I going to survive? Can I make it? Now is the time to thrive. Now is the mm -hmm. time to show up. Now is the time to build your business and help other people. Because this is also one of the only things that people are still relying on for their, their mental health and mental well-being is, is movement. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting too. I, I think we, we all saw fitness get commoditized in the first um, little bit of COVID. Everyone was going live and free yeah. and, and everything was just sort of out there. Right. Um, we saw that almost like, I, I don't know how else to describe this other than like a mushroom cloud after an atom bomb. And then things started to sort of pull back in. Um, yeah. And so as as folks are are pulling the reins back in and are starting to monetize um, digital content and their their virtual presence, what what would you tell a trainer who's like, how do I how do I price this? Like, I don't know anything <laughs> about about how to do this on my own because I've always worked for someone else. Where would you tell them to start? Sure. Um, so definitely, just know that you are worthy. Like number one, know that you are worthy and that um, you should be paid and you should be um, like known and appreciated for what it is that you do. So when it comes to pricing, it really depends on the individual. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it depends on whether it's a class, whether it's a, a lower ticket offering, a, a middle ticket offering or a high ticket offering. It's, it's how much that person is accessing you. And that kind of goes back to, you know, structuring your life around your business. So what it is mm -hmm. that you want. Um, but it really just depends. And, I know that's kind of a blanket statement, but if you 
are in a state of, I just don't know where to start, start doing a little bit of research. Um, I mean, definitely the fitness curriculum can definitely help you with all of that, but you know, invest in yourself and invest in, in the opportunity that has been presented to yourself because it is an opportunity um, to figure out what it is that you want and how you want to help other people. So invest in yourself and invest in those resources that are going to teach you the foundations of, of building your business. Because whether you are an LLC, you have a brick and mortar, or you're just teaching classes and accepting money, you are a business. Like mm -hmm. you at that point are a business. So you know, if you want to continue to grow, invest in yourself and invest in the resources and invest in, in learning more, just as we do with continuing education credits, um, you know, and learn, just learn to invest and, and learn to continue to grow. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think we've all been watching the industry itself with bated breath too, because there's, there's so much change happening all at once, you know, like, yep. um, I think specifically for um, fitness professionals, Two, um, what, what we're seeing is them sort of like start to either thrive or drop out um, at this point, like try to find something else to do. And those who are thriving are finding very quickly, like one, I can charge full price or mm -hmm. close to it, make more money yep. than I would have in it if I were working for someone else. Right. Or, or I can drop my prices, reach a lot of people um, and, and make more money that way too. Um, what do you think? Oh, I'm going to ask you to, to look into your crystal ball yeah. and, and see the future here. What do you think is going to happen to the industry? What's coming? <laughs> I, I know, right? There's so many things. So I really think that people that are truly invested in the industry and know that this is what they want to do are going to thrive because mm -hmm. they, they know that they want to, they just probably have to figure out a way how to, mm -hmm. um, fitness is not going anywhere. Fitness isn't going yeah. anywhere. It's just how you access fitness is changing. Um, you know, I can't really speak for the big box gyms. I, I don't, I truly don't know um, that. Again, we could have a whole separate podcast on that. Um, but if people learn how to market themselves, promote themselves and sell themselves and their products um, and their services, just think of it this way. Like the fitness industry hasn't been canceled. It's still going on. Mm -hmm. um, we have more time because we're not running from point A to point B. We're not going from one studio to the next studio. We, you know, don't have to have that time in between clients mm -hmm. necessarily because you can do everything from, from your computer. And the good thing is that most consumers, the majority of consumers have already adapted to that. So they're already in the mindset of, okay, I can train from wherever, roll out of my bed in my pajamas and still get in an effective workout. And on the opposite end of the spectrum, trainers can, I mean, I wouldn't recommend training your pajamas, but you know, you could you decrease. Yeah, right. Like you could, if they're cute, um, you could decrease the amount of time that you are spending um, with clients, working with clients directly. And you have little to no overhead when it comes to building a business. So what I see for the future of fitness, things are changing. Things are definitely changing. Um, if you want to be along for the journey and for the ride, be an innovator, be a thought leader, um, invest in a coach and figure out what it is that you want to offer because people need more of you and people want more of you. And yeah. people from all over the world can access you now.
It's really interesting because I, um, so one of, one of my, I'm air quoting this for the listeners at home, my failures. Um, so my, um, one of our ventures, uh, was a, a fitness technology company, um, that helped gyms and studios to create, uh, digital content as a part of their membership. And we actually shuttered it in October of last year, uh, after, after, I know, uh, after creating it and having to have sort of conversations with gyms and trainers and, and sort of, uh, consumers to create this product and convince people that it was a problem that needed to be solved. Um, now it's, it's laugh. It's funny um, because it's so clearly a problem that needed to be solved. But right. what we were running up against is behavior changes so so hard. Right. Um, and so gyms weren't ready to change their behavior because they didn't have to. Trainers weren't ready necessarily to change their behavior because they could train at gyms or they could train in part whatever. Right. Yeah. Uh, and consumers didn't need to adopt digital fitness because they didn't have to. And now it's like smack. Um, yep. everyone has been forced into this world of behavior change. Um, so it's, it's going to be so interesting to see out of this soup of, of stuff that's happening and that has coalesced in this time, what, what becomes the winner? Right. Right. And exactly. And you know, it's for trainers and instructors, if they build their brand and their business now, that is something that no one can ever take away from them. So whether they choose to go back to a studio, to a big box gym, to a private you know, training studio, they still have their business and their brand that no mm-hmm. one can take away from them. If there's a second wave of COVID, if there isn't a second wave of COVID and they just realize this is what I want to do and this is where I want to be. Mm-hmm. So like I said, like early adopters, people you know, that are able to adapt and overcome and thrive in this environment. We don't exactly know what the future of fitness looks like. Um, But even if things were to just magically, like we were able to snap our fingers and go back to the way that things were, you know, several months ago, people are still scared. People are still afraid to go into gyms. There's still limited capacity. So it's, it's not going to look the same way that it once did. And, you know, fitness professionals, they understand that. In the beginning, it was, let's be reactive. Now it's, Let's be proactive. Yep. So JL, I have so enjoyed spending all this time with you. Tell our listeners where they can find you, where they can find uh, your course and anything else we need to know about you. Yes. So um, you guys can find me on Instagram at, okay, are you ready for this? Grab a pen. It's JL, J-A-Y-E-L-L. L-E-W-I-S. So yes, there are three L's in there. When I created the account, I really thought it was like, oh, put in your middle initial too. I don't, I created a long time ago. So it's JLL Lewis um, (laughs) on Instagram. If you are interested in the fitness curriculum, which is a 12 week group coaching program for fitness professionals that are looking to monetize their brand and build a profitable online business, the link for the wait list for our, our fall class that starts in September is in my bio and Instagram. Um, And you can also head over to jlllewis.com. Oh, excellent. Um, you want to tell us what you had for breakfast to bring us out of this podcast today? Um, totally. So I had an iced decaf coffee. I actually put this on my stories because it's in the 70s here today in Philadelphia. Beautiful. And I'm like, do I go iced decaf or like do I, I 
decaf because I can't have caffeine. Um, iced or do I do hot? Because it's just today's throwing me off. I went mm -hmm. for the iced coffee and then I made eggs with a little bit of hot sauce and pico de gallo. Ooh. And then these little potatoes that I got from Whole Foods that had entirely too much salt, but I still ate them. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> I had poached eggs on toast and half a banana, and it was a delightful way to start the day. I love breakfast. I think it's, I, I mean, I could have it like all day. Let's, let's. Uh, yeah, I don't <laughs> see why we wouldn't. I love a good egg. <laughs> and that's, that's the show, ladies and gentlemen. We love <laughs> a good egg. Thank you, Jail, for being here with me today. This has been We Got Goals uh, and a SweatLife.com production. Thank you, Gina. Thank you, Chael.